Join the conversation. It's World Obesity Day tomorrow, and um, earlier this week, Discovery Vitality released its annual Obesity Index, which compares members' collective health and weight across South African cities. And if you were listening to the news bulletins this morning, you would have heard some of the findings. Uh, The study found that members in Cape Town had the healthiest weight and also the highest percentage of healthy food purchases. Uh, Members in Johannesburg logged the most hours of physical workouts. Bloemfonteiners appear to prefer the couch and Kleberge we won't talk about PE they didn't do so well in the survey findings but to chat to us about the significance of this report and about obesity in general I'm delighted to welcome on the line the head of wellness at Discovery Vitality Dr. Mosima Babunda it's wonderful to have you with us welcome Thank you so much for having me and good afternoon to you and your listeners and to you too thank you so much for your time how is obesity actually clinically defined? Obesity is defined um, by using a measure called BMI, which is body mass index, that looks at your weight and your height. And the weight goes in the deno- in the numerator and the height squared goes in the denominator. And that calculation ultimately gives you your BMI ratio. Um, and how you interpret it is if it's between 18 and 25, that is in the healthy range. If it is 25 to 29.9, that is um, overweight and above 30, that is what is considered obese. But what is worth um, pointing out is it is recognized that though BMI is useful in helping to predict health risk, um, it has limitations uh, because it doesn't always adequately um, distinguish between lean mass and, um, and and fat. Therefore, you would find many experts across the globe would also then use waist circumference to measure visceral adiposity in addition okay. to using BMI, yes. Yeah, important point. I mean, you can have somebody weighing in at 90 kilograms in peak physical condition of which is all muscle versus somebody at 90 kilograms seriously unhealthy because most of that weight is fat. It's a very, very different health picture in terms of what might be expected of their future conditions. Now, I mean, mm. this is not obviously an issue that is um, um, solely found in South Africa. Worldwide, in fact, there are far too many people who would fall into the definition of um, either overweight or clinically obese, not so. Yeah, and I think that is precisely the reason why we felt it's important for us to actually uh, publish the obesity index and be part of the conversation. I mean, if you look across the globe, 1.9 billion adults fall in the overweight and obese category, right? Sure. That is shocking. Um, And if you extrapolate those WHO figures to South Africa, we could be looking at close to 20 million South African adults that could fit in that category. And and for us, the concern is like, if you project forward, what the um, World Obesity Federation is projecting is if things don't change, that actually will likely get worse. So hence the need for us to get into this conversation, yeah. raise awareness about obesity, not for obesity's sake, but primarily to highlight the health risks that are associated with it and possibly some of the lifestyle interventions that in- individuals can do to maintain a healthy weight. Absolutely. I mean, this is the key thing, that the issue of what you look like and how much weight you're carrying is is the minor thing here. The the big predictor, Masima, is the, the comorbidities that come with that. Yeah. You're at a higher yeah. risk of developing all kinds of secondary conditions, aren't you? Yeah, so, so definitely. And I think maybe just to point out to those that may not be aware, we know that people that have obesity are more likely to have things like diabetes, Hypertension. I mean, in, in our obesity index, you'll see that like 4.3 times more likely to have hypertension, um, heart diseases, etc. So, and we, many of us would know these conditions that they can be life-threatening. 
hence the importance of raising awareness on obesity and, and encouraging everyone to do every bit that they can and not just individuals by the way because the solutions are multi-systemic yeah. um, to do what we can to actually um, move towards a journey to, to healthy weight. Before we talk about those solutions and interventions, I'm interested to know, uh, there are obviously physical comorbidities. Is there any link between obesity and being overweight with mental health issues, depression or anything like that? So that is a very good question, right? I'm actually going to try and and point to um, a part in the obesity index where we show that the causes are multifactorial. We call the section what's making us larger, right? And medication, medical conditions and medication contributes to weight gain. But what we've seen is there's a correlation. You can't, I think it would be difficult to say what causes what, but definitely you can see an association between um, uh, depression and being overweight and vice versa. Okay. Now, again, the knock-on impact here is significant, not only in terms of individuals' health, but if you just cast the net a little bit wider, I want to just mention to listeners uh, a study I saw this week released by the Wits University School of Public Health, looking at the public health system, and that showed uh, that obesity costs our public health system over 30 billion rand a year. Let that sink in, over 30 billion rand. And that is before you even start factoring in things like the impact of... um, lots of sick days away from work, the loss of productivity in business and production facilities, etc., because people are off sick because they are predisposed to those conditions and all the complications that go with them. The knock-on impact is felt in every, virtually every level of society. So it is a really big mm. issue beyond the personal, isn't it, uh, Dr. Mabunda? Yeah, no, no, definitely. I think obesity is similar to many medical conditions. If less left untreated, the cost to individuals to schemes, to the country is, is, is really dire, as you've alluded to. Mm. Um, so I couldn't agree with you more there. Just for those who've tuned in late, my guest is Dr. Mosima Mabunda, who is the head of wellness at Discovery Vitality. They um, uh, released some quite interesting findings earlier this week about the relative health and obesity levels of uh, the different cities in South Africa. And um, I mean, let's talk a little bit about interventions and what can be done. You've made a very clear case of the fact that it is something that needs to be addressed if it can be. There are some people who struggle with genetic predisposition and underlying medical conditions that make it very difficult Mm -hmm. to manage uh, weight. We know that. But having said that, even for them, there are lifestyle changes that can help uh, improve the situation, if nothing else. Let's talk a little bit about those kind of strategies. What are you at Discovery Vitality encourage of ways of of reversing this problem? So you you actually raised a fundamental point, uh, and I'm glad you, you said that, to say, in essence, the foundation, regardless of which level of care you are, um, for managing overweight and obesity is, is healthy lifestyle behaviors. Mm. And, and for us in Vitality, um, a big part of what we do is, is nudging and incentivizing people to adopt healthy lifestyle behaviors so that we can pre- help prevent um, overweight and obesity. And I'll talk more about what, what we do in that space. But we subsequently also know, because we've engaged with our members to actually say, what else can we do to support you to maintain a healthy weight where we run an internal survey? And the overwhelming theme came in as people asking for support. People mm-hmm. saying we need support. Uh, people are saying we, we can't afford healthy food. It's costly. People are saying we need guidance on how to lose weight. It's not so intuitive. We need to know more beyond saying eat healthy and exercise, etc. So the one thing that we've recently just launched is the Vitality Healthy Weight Program, where our members that are overweight and obese have access to a fully personalized weight management program to motivate them to eat healthier and establish healthy eating habits. So I think why it worked for for most of our members, because we piloted it, is you've got access to an on-demand dietitian 
coaching you conveniently in your pocket via WhatsApp um, to help guide you to say, are you eating health? This is what your meal plan should look like this week. This is the recipe. This is the shopping list motivating you along the way. And and it was so, so encouraging when we saw the results of the pilots that at least um, those members that engaged in the program lost at least an average of seven centimeters around the waist. Mm. And it just shows that if you engage in a program and you, you eat healthy and you exercise, you will see results. Um, and maybe just to add on the, the eating perspective, because I see you are celebrating Cape Town's uh, win on, on the healthy, healthy food, food choices. Yes. That is because we give cash back on healthy food purchases. Members get up to 75 cash back. Yeah. So that is also a contributing factor to why people would and tend to buy more healthy foods. So yeah. that's what we do on the healthy food side. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge challenge. Um, doctor, we know that food costs full stop have been a really difficult thing for many households to manage in the current climate. There is a perception that eating healthy uh, and more healthily costs more money, that these foods are expensive, that it is the the cheap, sugar-laden, carb-high, um, you know, the diet that is totally unbalanced, that lacks the fresh fruit and veg, that lacks the, the, the sort of careful moderation of portion size, etc., can be really tricky for somebody who is not on a medical aid and doesn't have a big budget to spend on groceries. I mean, what would your advice be to somebody who's in that position, who's not lucky enough to be a Vitality mm-hmm. member being incentivized and getting spent back on their, their healthy healthier purchases? It's a really tough one. So thank you for raising that. That's actually an important point because many people would fall into that bucket. So what I like saying to that question is if, if I reflect to how I grew up, right, where we, we didn't have as, as much, uh, the things that I was offered to eat were actually healthy. I just didn't think they were sexy or tasty and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, where like if you, you would be offered like mabele or you eat um, your meals with spinach and cabbage and people know how to cook these things nicely. So we, we, the township economy actually, people have access. If you walk the streets of township, people are selling butternuts, tomatoes, spinach, etc. in the neighborhoods. For me, the challenge is how do we then learn how to cook these things in a yummy way? Mm-hmm. For example, I grew up eating pelchers. Um, and at the time, I used to say, I, I never used to appreciate the taste because I associated that with suffering. But it's actually my favorite food item, and I eat that today. And it is so healthy. So I think that there is an element of, of one, appreciating what we have, uh, but learning how to make this meal yummy. Because some of the barrier that people have is, but it doesn't taste good. Honestly, I'm not going to eat it, which is why a part of what we do. I mean, in Vitality, we've got Healthy Food Studio, but right now with an internet being fairly accessible, there's many people that educate people around how to make a pilchers differently. How do you make it more delicious? How do you cook spinach or make a salad with a spinach and tomatoes, yeah. etc.? Yeah. Okay. The other difficulty, of course, is when what is being offered to you as a choice is not a good choice. I'm thinking of the school tuck shops. I'm thinking of the work canteens that serve slop chips with every dish. Um, How big a role do you think the sort of um, corporate, educational, the institutional offering um, plays in in helping people to manage or not manage uh, their their weight conditions? I mean, if all you are being offered is a a poor nutritional choice, it's very hard to, to eat outside of that. You have hit the nail on the wall. I mean, I think one of the biggest, biggest contributors to to this overweight and obesity epidemic is the world around us. You will read anywhere and you'll see that environment influences our behavior. And unfortunately, we live in an obesogenic environment. You are within arm's reach of fast foods. Um, or all sorts of energy-dense food that are not necessarily good for you, but you have to look harder 
in some places to find healthy food. So I think that is a, a challenge that it transcends between schools, corporates, even when you walk into a retail store. Some retailers are starting to, to buck the trend and promote healthy food. But by and large, you walk in and the things that tempt you and that are at eye level that are within your arms and reach are not necessarily good for you. Mm. So I think it's important for, for people to actually realize that the environment might not necessarily be designed to get you to make healthy choices. So be aware and intentional in as much as you can so that you can proactively make those healthy choices. Um, and I think to that point, what many people encourage is, I, I like the two advices that I've got to say, if you're coming to work or you're going into those spaces where you don't know what you're gonna be offered, bring a lunch pack, right? Bring your lunch pack, you will eat, even if you take one of those things that is there that is not so healthy, but at least you've had a balanced, healthy meal. And then the second item is like, don't go to a retail store shopping when you're hungry, when you're tired and distracted, because mm. then you are going to fall for the temptation. Fatal error. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We are talking obesity with Dr. Mosima Mabunda, Head of Wellness at Discovery Vitality. Doctor, we've got a caller on the line who'd like to ask a question, I think. Craig, good afternoon. Thanks for calling in. Uh, good afternoon, and Doctor. Thank you very much for the program. Just a comment. Doctor, I went for a test because I was contacted by Vitality to just go do a test in December. I, the previous test I did was about three, four years ago. Cut a long story short, everything was absolutely perfect. My heart, my blood pressure, my cholesterol, no problem. I'm 1.85 meters tall. I weigh 96 kilos. And according to your BMI, I'm required to lose 13 kilos. Doctor, it is not possible for me to lose 13 kilos. And that's a big problem I've got when they're using a BMI, that standard that don't take into account bone structure, bone density. And when I spoke to the nurse who did it, they said, yes, Vitality is looking for someone. If they're 1.85 kilos, I mean meters, it should be somebody that's a cyclist that's ultra thin. <laughs> and it followed up from a test I had four years ago where I weighed 95 kilos and once again they said I must lose 12.5 kilos I think there's something seriously wrong and I think we just need to look at because I think it's giving the wrong impression to people that they are now overweight there was a friend of mine who went and they said to her sorry you're actually obese yes you should probably lose 10 kilos but according to BMI index it's she's, she's obese and I think it's giving a really poor um indication to people out there and i think it's just a it's just a comment i mean i'll switch off and be interested to see what it is but you know if i wasn't sufficiently satisfied with myself i I would probably turn me into a ridiculous dieting phase and i don't think that's right it's a very valid point you've raised craig Mm -hmm. thank you for calling in um doctor obviously you know as you've said at the start the bmi is not a perfect tool it is the one Mm -hmm. that that globally is used as sort of a ballpark figure indicator but uh, yeah what, how would you respond to, to to Craig's comment so Craig firstly thank you for for calling in and surfacing your comment so I mentioned earlier that in Vitality we use BMI in conjunction with waist circumference to ultimately mm-hmm. determine weight status so if, if, if Craig's experience is that that wasn't applied can I just ask that after the call if you can just get Craig's detail we can look on the system because we don't look at BMI only for the reasons that I mentioned earlier So that shouldn't have happened. And secondly, once we screen our members, we don't give members goals to say, lose this or lose that, right? Like that's a clinical intervention. 
all the vitality screening assessments indicate your level of risk, um, uh, low risk, intermediate risk or high risk, and based on that, you're connected to various interventions. So, so if the attending nurse was is the one who advised um, Craig to say that, I'm, I'm actually quite concerned. So I'd actually like to know where that happened because that is not the experience that anyone would receive on the on the vitality program. So I would apologize for that experience, but that is not the structure of the vitality program at all. In the healthy weight program that I've just mentioned, where members who are classified as overweight and obese based on their weight status that takes into account BMI and waist circumference to compensate for some of the nuances that I mentioned with BMI. In there, with your dietitian, you set your own weight goal based on your motivation. Vitality does not come and say, lose this and lose that. That is a clinical decision in conjunction with your healthcare professional. So I'd be really, really keen to just get Craig's details so we can look as to how he got that experience and we can rectify it definitely. Well, doctor, what I'll do is at the end, thanks, at the end of the interview, I'll uh, I'll put you back to my producer and she can uh, obviously reach out to Craig and ask whether he's happy to continue that conversation uh, with you. I appreciate that. Um, Mm. Quick question before we out of time here. One of the more extreme interventions for those who are really struggling with obesity is to consider bariatric surgery. And I've had a couple of people asking whether that is something that discovery would cover, um, doctor. Would you like to comment? So I think that when you get to pharmacological and surgical intervention, that is a decision that will be made between the individual and their um, their healthcare provider having considered multiple um, multiple um, uh, so you basically look at your patient, their history, the severity of their obesity, the complication, et cetera, to determine yeah. what intervention is necessary. Um, and for bariatric surgery, Discovery Health would be covered, but based on the GP would have access to the criteria that is required and whether the patient does meet it. But I think what I would encourage uh, people to do is if you feel like you have tried um, and you're not winning, your GP is your primary care provider go see your GP and get a full on assessment and you will be directed in the appropriate line of care. Dr. Mosima Mubunda, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciated you joining us on the show. Thank you. The doctor is the head of wellness at Discovery Vitality and uh, Dr. Mosima Mabunda, thank you so much for your contribution.